Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, hey, welcome back, everybody. It is episode 39 of the Announcer Schedules podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gill. Phil DeMont Mollen is back, of course. He is the face, the name, the voice that you associate with the Twitter handle at Announcer Skeds. And, of course, over 25,000 followers on the Twitter handle, Phil. 25,000, you hit the mark. And uh, we are continuing to hit our mark. We are at episode 39 here on the Announcer Schedules podcast, man. Congratulations. Uh, man, the industry continues to follow. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mike. You know, we, we've talked about it before as far as the, the origin of the Twitter handle and how it was just sort of a, a hobby of mine, keeping track of the announcers, calling the games and that kind of thing. And it's great to see that so many people are enjoying that content and we'll continue to try to keep cranking it out. We do it uh, every Thursday here on Last Word on Sports. You can check out our podcast. You can check out Last Word on Sports Media with TJ Reeves. And you can ch- check out Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, powered by Last Word on Sports. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Do that whole thing. Download this podcast. Tell your friends and spread the word as 25,000 strong are following at announcer skeds. We're hoping to get that number on the podcast here. Can we get 25,000 listeners, downloads, rates, reviews? And uh, if you do that, well, we'll be able to maybe make 25,000 podcasts at some point in our life. All right, Phil, we got a lot to dive into. But before we get there, it is March Madness. And if you're looking to go to any of the upcoming conference tournaments across the country, plus the March Madness venues for the big dance, we want you to use Ticket Smarter for your ticket selections and prices. Download the Ticket Smarter mobile app or go to TicketSmarter.com. For tremendous selection to all the big college hoop games coming up in March, your purchase is 100% secure through their system with competitive prices on the secondary market. You can also use our promo code HOOPS23 and take $10 off your order. And that promo good is, is good for as many times as you want to use it. That's HOOPS23. It's 10 bucks off your order from Ticket Smarter. This March, think smarter, ticket smarter, and remember to use our code HOOPS23. You can go to a game on Thursday, HOOPS23. Go to a game on Friday, HOOPS23. Go to a game on Saturday, HOOPS23. And if uh, you're one of those conference tournaments that play on Sunday, you can use HOOPS23 for that game as well. You get 10 bucks off every single day. And if you're like, man, this HOOPS23 is great, 
I want to go to the NCAA tournament venues, you can use Hoops 23 for that as well. Okay, let's get into this week's topics on the pod. March Madness is here, and we've got CBS, Warner Brothers, Discoveries. They put their announcer pairings out. This is uh, the first look at them. So now we're going to see who's going to be calling this year's NCAA tournaments. And, Phil, uh, do we have any new names, any new pairings, any things that stick out to you? Yeah, I mean, the majority are, are names we're, we're very familiar with, no, no doubt about that. But there are a couple of additions that, you know, the biggest one that sticks out is Stan Van Gundy, you know, joining one of these announcing pairings. That will be a three-man booth, Kevin Harlan, Dan Bonner, and SVG. Uh, Lauren Shahadi will be the reporter there. And that crew will not only call the first and second rounds, but will we'll take the action through the Sweet 16 and through the Elite Eight. Um, the other pairings that'll be doing that that same you know track as far as also calling games in that that second weekend um of course nance raftery hill and wolfson they'll be doing the final four as well brian anderson jim jackson and ali laforce and also ian eagle jim spinarkle and evan washburn um as far as you know the the other names most of them are familiar play-by-players including lisa byington andrew catalan Spiro Ditas and Brad Nestler. And yeah, you know, it's just kind of cool to finally see this kind of come into form. And, you know, it's just around the corner selection Sunday happening uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, one other note, Jay Wright, we've talked about him a bunch on this podcast. You know, he was doing both studio analyst work and also in-game analyst work uh, throughout the regular season. He will be a studio analyst throughout the tournament including the final four so you know all sorts of um coverage obviously coming up it's already feels like it's wall-to-wall you know coverage with all these conference championship games um across the you know different networks but it's going to get even more wild you know as as march madness uh, gets into the tournament itself beginning next week all right uh ncaa tournament one of my favorites and of course uh the radio you have westwood one as well those announcer pairings have not come out to our knowledge yet and uh, check, uh, you know, the different feeds for that. If they happen between now and the end of this recording, we'll get them out to you. But I have not seen the Westwood One pairings, but they are your exclusive play-by-play radio provider of March Madness. It's my favorite time of the year. In fact, Phil, uh, I will not be here next week on the pod because I'm going on vacation to watch the NCAA tournament. I go down to Clearwater Beach every single year and uh, take Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off and just watch all the games. I love the tournament. It's one of my favorite events of the year. So uh, looking forward to that. And by the way, Jim Nance, his final run, Ian Eagle, will be next year's uh, championship game caller. And you mentioned Stan Van Gundy. He is in, and Reggie Miller is out on the um, uh, on the analyst side. Yeah, so that, that was a, the big news there, no doubt about that. And, you know, you know, Miller continues to do NBA work, but it's interesting bringing in Stan Van Gundy. You know, he obviously knows the game of basketball very well. You know, he, he's got coaching experience in college basketball also, but, you know, he, he hasn't been calling ba- college basketball games this year. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see him ramp up and, and adjust to, to the today's college game and, and that kind of thing. But I enjoy Stan Van Gundy quite a bit, you know, from a personality standpoint and, you know, with Dan Bonner and Kevin Harlan there as well, I'm sure it'll be, be outstanding. Okay, what do we know this time of the year? Buzzer beaters, game winners all the time. We get them in March Madness. Let's give a little, uh, you know, taste of it as we get ready for the Mar- madness of March. West Durham in the ACC 
on Wednesday, Wake Forest, Syracuse. Here we go. Williamson runs the rebound. Here's Appleby. Four, three, back for Williamson for the win. In what will be Jim Beheim's final moment as the head coach of Syracuse, he gave a bizarre press conference afterwards, but he did announce, uh, or the school announced shortly after, that he would be finished at Syracuse. Wake Forest moves on. I wanted to say Raycom Sports with West Durham, but that was ESPN yesterday. Yeah, so uh, on over on the ACC network, part of the ESPN, you know, family of networks, of course, and West Durham, who we've mentioned a bunch uh, over the the different episodes here on this show, uh, with a kind of a classic call there as far as that game winner over Syracuse, uh, letting it breathe, uh, as we talk about quite a bit. Uh, Corey Alexander was his analyst, so nice job by Corey to you know to lay out there as well and let West do his thing. And uh, yeah, you know, it's worth talking about Beheim a minute here, Mike, you know, as far as his relationship with the media and everything, you know, it's just kind of, you know, it is bizarre, you know, sort of how he sort of operates and, you know, there's clips of him berating the, you know, student newspaper reporters and, and things like that. And just the, you know, the, the, the one word answers, it's, it's not really like, it's almost more um, snide than like what Belichick does. You know, it's like it's really with sort of an edge to it. And I saw a couple of media members reflecting on Twitter their experiences, and some of it was like, "Man, I remember as a as a young reporter how intimidated I was by Bayheim." And then I finally asked him the question, and you know, he was you know mean to me or whatever. And so it's just, just kind of kind of crazy to think back on how he sort of operated. I mean, obviously the results speak for itself. And then it was capped off by this bizarre, you know, sort of way the retirement unfolded and, you know, the these, you know, vague answers and all this stuff. And then the announcement coming out and, uh, you know, just kind of weird how it all happens. You know, they, they lose that game. It happens in Greensboro. I mean, he has trashed the city of Greensboro, North Carolina and the Greensboro Coliseum over the years, you know, as far as a, a host to this event and how it shouldn't be there. And, you know, just on and on. You know, it's an incredible legacy that he leaves. Um, obviously, a lot of the announcers who we talk about here on this show are Syracuse grads with their, uh, you know, amazing uh, announcing and broadcasting, you know, program there. But, uh, yeah, it's just kind of wild to also think about his relationship with the media yeah. and sort of well, how that's all unfolded over the years as well. I can add, as a student at West Virginia, he was at Syracuse, and my dealings with him were not pleasant either. Uh, was always kind of snarky, always kind of, you know, despondent to a student question. Uh, that being said, you can't discount. I talked about this on my radio show the other day. A lot of these schools, people, Jim's going to be 79 years old next season. If he would have came back, he would have been coaching at 79 years old. And people wonder, why do these schools not get rid of these guys? Because they're so tied to the brand that that guy gave the school. Without Jim Beheim, Syracuse is just another school out in the middle of western New York. They are Syracuse because of Jim Beheim. I think we need to say that. But that doesn't give you the right sometimes to act in the way that he did, including yesterday. Let's play the audio. This was a bizarre ending to his career. Um, but uh, I've just been lucky to be able to 
coach this long. I, I think you missed it. <clears throat> I gave my retirement speech on the court last Saturday, and I gave it in the press conference afterwards, and nobody except William, William Payne figured it out. Are you, are you saying right now that you're, you, you're going to retire? This is up to the university. You, you want to come back? I didn't say that. Uh, okay, but, so what are you saying? You're not saying you're retiring, but you're not I just saying- said it. I don't know. So you don't know. Okay. I said this is up to the university. And you, you're not sure whether you're, when will you, when will, how will you make a determination about when you will come back? You're talking to the wrong guy. You're talking to the wrong guy to decide when I want to retire? I've never heard of such a bizarre back and forth. <laughs> I mean, I give credit to the reporter who was trying to confirm what he was saying there, but it's not up to me whether I retire or not. I mean, what in the world? Yeah, and I was I was watching the game coverage on ESPN and ACC Network while all that was was going down, and it was fascinating to watch that. You know, I think it was Seth Greenberg and Lafonso Ellis, and then also on the the call itself. You know, uh, West Durham on the next game. You know, he and him Corey Alexander were calling the the very next game, and it was sort of like, hey, we've got this news coming from the the press room in terms of what Beheim just said. Can you decipher what what we think just happened? You know what what in the world? And everyone had sort of their take on it. What what might be happening or not? And it was yeah, you're right, bizarre. You know, in terms of that answer, and you know maybe they'll have another. I'd imagine you would think you know another presser to sort of you know um, you know sort everything out, announce the succession plan, you know, in person and, and all those kind of things and, and really pay tribute to, to, to Bayheim. But yeah, bizarre to say the least, you know, how that all went down and, you know, kind of to me sort of indicative of his relationship to the media throughout his career. Yeah. Uh, so Jim Bayheim announces his retirement. Great call by West Durham. Let's go to one of the small conferences. This is where, you know, this week has been made is the mid majors. It seems that every one of those games ends like this. Free throw is good, and there's the four-point lead with nine seconds left for the top seed. Inbound to Dunn. He comes to our right with seven seconds left. They double-team him. Del Orso fires for three. That's no good. The rebound down to Pimper. Two seconds. One second. And put on your best duds. UNC Asheville is headed to the NCAA tournament. And that's T.J. Reeves on the call. Our own T.J. Reeves on the national call. UNC Asheville goes to the NCAA tournament in the Big South, and it's those type of moments that really make uh, the tournament weeks and heading into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, college basketball coast-to-coast on TuneIn Radio with our our very own T.J. Reeves. And I know you and Mike – uh, Mike, you and TJ are going to be, you know, calling a game this weekend. I, I want to hear more about that as well. But yeah, these these smaller conferences, the, these mid majors, and and so forth, the emotion that kind of pours out, you know, um, during you know the the crowning of a conference championship that means punching your ticket, you know, to the to the NCAA tournament. I mean, it is huge for these schools. I got to attend this past week the SoCon championship game, and I was actually there as a as a spectator. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome, you know, um, watching, um, you know, that go down Furman with the win over UT Chattanooga. And, uh, you could just feel the emotion 
taking place down on the court. I was able to get down there on the court, you know, for the, you know, post game trophy presentation, all that kind of thing. Got to check in with some of our, our media buddies, you know, got to see the, the Westwood one guys, um, you know, big thanks to them and, and their hospitality, uh, caught up with Kevin Kugler, who was a guest on our show last summer. He was calling the game and uh, also saw Anish Shroff over on the, the ESPN side. But, you know, it's interesting, Westwood one in particular, um, but but certainly ESPN as well, really gives these smaller conferences some great play. You know, as far you know, sending a guy like Kevin Kugler to Asheville, North Carolina for the SoCon championship, you know, tells you just how meaningful these games are and how valuable they are and how compelling they are to the to the audience. You know, when these schools, these smaller schools, some of which you don't know much about, clinch that berth into the NCAA tournament, it's a special, special moment when that goes down. Yes, uh, and those were some of the games that have already happened. We have plenty more this weekend. It is going to be a wild weekend in college basketball from the mid-majors all the way up to the big boys. So let's take a look at what we got. Yeah, I mean, it's already happening. Like, if you want to tune in later this afternoon, you know, you've got wall-to-wall coverage of all sorts of conference tournaments. It's been happening for for a good week or so, you know, depending on, you know, the conference and, and their exact schedule, both on the men's and the women's side. Um, you know, the big ones, you know, Big East Championship uh, on Saturday, that'll be on Fox, Westwood One Radio, Gus Johnson, Jim Jackson, Christina Pink, Scott Graham on the, the radio side. Big 12 is Saturday as well. ESPN in Kansas City for that one. Boog Shambi, Dickie V, and Chris Budden. Uh, Mark Kestisher on the ESPN radio call with King McClure. Uh, the ACC Championship follows that on ESPN on Saturday night. Uh, Dan Shulman, Jay Billis, and Holly Rowe. So uh, familiar names there. Uh, Mike Cousins and Malcolm Huckabee on the ESPN radio side. Pac-12 later that night on ESPN, Dave Pash and Bill Walton. So you can kind of loosen up a little bit with those guys late at night on, on Saturday, Angel Gray reporting Ryan Radke and PJ Carlissimo on the Westwood one call. Uh, there's a late night game from the WAC. There's mountain West on Saturday. Um, and then Sunday we've got the Ivy league kicking things off. We've got uh, the sec on, on ESPN with Carl Ravage, Jimmy Dykes and Marty Smith, Kevin Kugler, who we've already mentioned today. Uh, he will be on the Westwood one call of that one with Will Purdue. That's out of Nashville, uh, the Big Ten Championship on Sunday as well. I haven't seen the official announcement yet, but you know, assuming that'll be Jim Nance again, like he's done in, in past years, and and um, you know, the Compass Media doing the radio side of that one, Greg Daniels and Doug Gottlieb. So, I mean, it just goes on and on. There's so much to take in, and uh, if you're a college hoops junkie and you love sports television and you love you know following the announcers i mean this is the time of year where it's just all happening at once it feels like i will say uh, by the way the mac championship uh that is a seven thirty tip it was originally a four o'clock tip time that game has been changed to seven thirty. espnu has the call on tv steve lennox and uh, tim welsh the former uh, Providence Friar. Uh, that is a 7.30 tip time now. And then TJ Reeves and I will have the call on Tune In Radio there. And uh, a lot of stuff on the radio all night. Ryan Radke, PJ Carlissimo for Pac-12. Kevin Kugler, Will Purdue, as we mentioned. You mentioned Greg Daniels and Dead Gottlieb. That is a Compass game. So Compass has the Big Ten rights, uh, the SEC, the Pac, and the Big East are on Westwood one, and then the Big Twelve and the ACC. They are ESPN. So you got a little bit of uh, some moving parts there. We also want to give a little congratulations to the voice of the Spiders, 
Yeah, the Richmond Spiders, uh, Bob Black, uh, wins, wins the Bob Vitrone Media Award, uh, handed out by the Atlantic 10. He's been calling games, and we keep on talking about these announcers, been calling games for, for decades, but, you know, they're, they're throughout, you know, college, college sports, and, and these are precious jobs that these guys hold on to for a long time. Well, he began calling games in the 83-84 season. That was the first year Richmond ever qualified for the NCAA tournament. And, you know, this is a award given every year at the Atlantic 10 uh, tournament, you know, to the a media member who has really given a lasting legacy, you know, to the Atlantic 10. Tom McCarthy won this award last year. So uh, congratulations to Bob Black of the Richmond Spiders. Okay, uh, here we go. Continue on episode 39 of the Announcer Schedules podcast. We're cruising right along to the NBA, which kind of takes a back seat to the March Madness tournament for at least the first four days. You get lost in the sauce a little bit here. In fact, the NCAA, Turner, will bring NBA guys into their coverage, but that doesn't mean the NBA does not continue. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Continue, and uh, we've got the NBA kicking off with a little, uh, well, let's just say the NBA continuing to come down the stretch with a bang. Gets it back. Randall puts up a three. Bang! Bang! Randall knocks down the three with seven-tenths of a second remaining. There you go. Mike Breen on the call. Julius Randall hits the three to, uh, man, the Knicks have been hot. And uh, some of the games, i got to tell you, the NBA took a hit. Uh, the All-Star game and how the All-Star weekend went, but the, they have ratcheted up the intensity here down the stretch. Yeah, so that was a rare double bang by Mike Breen as Julius Randle hit the game winner against you know the, the team I care most about, the Miami Heat, so not too crazy about playing this clip. Um, but yeah, you know, it's wild. I, I was following some things, and um, 
uh, Mike Watts and also uh, Jack Benjamin. I want to give a hat tip to the to those guys, two two announcers, you know, who do, who do some great work. But these guys actually have been charting the double bangs by by Mike Green oh, oh, over the year, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's um. It looks like there's been five to date after the Julius Randle winners, and they've got them all charted. You know, there was one uh, in in 2016. There was one versus the Lakers with Eric Gordon in 2019. Marcus Smart. You know, so like it, it, it's crazy that uh, you know people geek out like uh, we do. You know, to this extent, you know, in, in charting Mike Breen's work. But uh, yeah, once again, Mike Breen gets it gets it done. The double bang. The double bang chart is uh, unbelievable. So, uh, man, good hat tip there. Uh, we've got a hat tip to the women. International Women's Day on ESPN. It's going to be an all-women's broadcast that we saw last night, if you didn't check that out. Wednesday night, you had the Mavs and the Pelicans, and we had an all-women's broadcast crew. Pretty cool. Yeah, Beth Mowens, Doris Burke, uh, Becky Hammond, part of that part of that crew as well, and then uh, Cassidy Hubberth reporting. And, you know, not only was it an all-women's announcing team but all the key roles behind the scenes you know producer director you know all sorts of camera people engineers all these things were women as well so you know it really is sort of a testament to to you know how far uh, we've come in this department in the industry you know if you were to rewind you know 20 30 years ago it would be impossible to pull off a a broadcast like that, maybe even 10 years ago, you know, for that matter. So, you know, kind of cool to, to see that that um, becomes a, a reality and uh, a great way to celebrate International Women's Day. All right. We got uh, the tournament, we said, but we got some familiar names at, from the tournament into the NBA, including tonight, Kevin Harlan, Reggie Miller, no longer in the tournament, Jared Greenberg. They got Warriors Grizzlies on TNT, Knicks and Kings, Brian Anderson, Stan Van Gundy, and more tournament names for you there. Stephanie Reddy will be on the sidelines for the Knicks and the Kings, and then we got that Saturday night, the Breen Van Gundy, Jackson Salters, that's Bucks and Warriors, and Knicks Lakers, Breen Van Gundy, Malika Andrews, and then you have ESPN Radio, George Sedano, and Kaylee Azabuki will be on the call for ESPN Radio affiliates around the country, but Van Gundy, uh, Kevin Harlan, a lot of double duty there. Yeah, and it's worth also mentioning Mike Breen a, a little further you know, just the the volume of work that he does over the NBA season, because, you know, you're, you're seeing this weekend, for instance, a Saturday, Sunday, he's, he's doing games, you know, back to back, basically, um, Saturday night at Golden State, Sunday at the Lakers, you know, of course, it's, it's not that far, you know, as far as that that flight goes. However, you know, whenever he's not calling games for E. ESPN or ABC, which is what, you know, the majority of people see him doing is he's calling as many Knicks games as he can for, for MSG. And, you know, and so he, he crams in as many NBA games as I think he can humanly do between the Knicks assignments and then also ESPN and ABC, which is really saying something for a guy at that level, as far as that, you know, the number one play-by-play guy for, 
for um, the NBA finals and, and so forth. And I do want to mention something we talked about last week, you know, Lakers and Clippers on the same day, you know, that Breen, Van Gundy, Jackson and Salters team did two games in one day. You know, they did the Lakers game, then they did the Clippers game that night uh, this past Sunday. And we were wondering, you know, is there any precedent for this sort of thing in the NBA? And uh, another hat tip here, Daniel Ormsby, was able to, to track this one down for us. 2011 Christmas Day, Mike Breen and Jeff Van Gundy, a two-man booth, they did the Miami at Dallas game in the afternoon. Then they got on a plane and went to San Francisco, or back then it would have been Oakland, for Clippers at the Warriors that night. And by the way, sort of a side note, that was Mark Jackson's um, you know debut as, as a Warriors coach. Wow. So they're able to to check that out. So, you know, Great kind of find, wild. Man. Great find. Yeah, 2011 Christmas Day. So it has happened before and it even involved travel in, in that case. So, you know, uh pr- pretty wild, you know, that was, you know, would have been 12 years ago and yeah, you know, j- just cool stuff, you know, again charting these uh comings and goings of of all the announcers and, you know, Mike Breen uh certainly uh, a road warrior in and of himself. Uh, the announcer schedule podcast. Let's go to a little baseball here as the baseball season WBC is underway. Uh, those games are all uh, starting now. We've got spring training and uh, we also have some sad news to start some things off here. Yeah, some some really sad news. Dave Wills, um, who is the radio play by play voice of the Tampa Bay Rays for the past 18 seasons. Uh, prior to that, 11 years with the uh, White Sox radio team. He started like so many baseball announcers do in the minor leagues uh, at Kane County uh, from 91 to 95. Well, he tragically passed away over the weekend and, um, you know, the the day of a game and so forth, the, the station went dark, you know, for the for the game itself and didn't, you know, broadcast the game at you know, you know, due to the mourning of, of Dave Wills. Um, if you want to check out Last Word on Sports Media podcasts, uh, TJ Reeves, you know, who's in that Tampa Bay market, uh, was able to, to bring on um, one of Dave's producers, you know, and, and really uh, get in deep as far as the impact that Dave made. And yeah, he's been around and, you know, certainly one of the top, um, you know, MLB voices uh, in, in recent years. No doubt about that. He was he was voted by the Athletic. They did a, a a ranking of the top radio crews across MLB, and I believe he was number one in the American League. Um, his crew, and you know, so you know, certainly the work speaks for itself. But uh, a real tragedy, and I know a lot of people are hurting down there in the Tampa Bay market. Uh, rest in peace, Dave Wills. Okay, Dave Wills. Uh, yeah, Tampa Bay Rays, eighteen seasons, also with the White Sox as well, and uh, you know. We hear these sad stories. You talk about guys uh, who have such longevity. Uh, Dave Wills was one of them. WBC got some interesting names uh, that are doing some play-by-play, some names uh, getting a chance to shine here as the WBC is underway. Yeah, I've been checking this out a little bit. You know, games have been airing on FS1, you know, on these first couple of days of the World Baseball Classic. Um, I've seen action from Taiwan and also from Tokyo. And uh, if you're a fan of like odd hours in uh, sports, you know, at, in or you're a night owl or a very early riser, this morning's game started at 5 a.m. 
Um, so, you know, it's like that time zone deal that we see sometimes with, you know, these international events, Olympics, World Cup, that kind of thing. Uh, Tyler Maughan, Stephen Nelson, Dave Fleming and Rich Waltz. Um, you know, the play-by-play announcers for a lot of these games and, you know, they're, they're dispatched to different parts around the world and that kind of thing. And, you know, the Fox is going to actually be covering on Saturday night on the big Fox, Great Britain versus the USA. That's the, the number one Fox baseball team these days, Joe Davis, John Smoltz and Ken Rosenthal. That game's happening at Chase Field in Phoenix. And it's kind of interesting, you know, like I'm imagining that Fox, that'll be a Fox production. I'm, I, I'm almost certain on Saturday night, but the rest of these games are even though it's on FS one, they're using, you know, what's known as a world feed. So there's other, you know, networks around the world uh, picking up the same feed and um, the MLB network has a hand in it in terms of the production in that kind of thing. So it's not a, 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 you know, exclusively a Fox production, even though it's airing on their airwaves, but, you know, some really good baseball. It's a compelling event, you know, that, that kind of gets the world focused on the game of baseball. And uh, certainly it's provided a lot of dramatics over the years. So, you know, it's worth checking out if folks have never uh, taken a look of the WBC. Yeah. That Friday night game, Great Britain, USA, Joe Davis, John Smoltz, that's their number one team. Ken Rosenthal, Chase Field, my buddy is flying out there for that. So the WBC, uh, very passionate fans, my buddy flying out there, go to Arizona to check out some of those games. Uh, so that'll be a 9 o'clock Fox game. NHL, they are coming down the stretch here. And, uh, boy, last night, uh, Anaheim, Vancouver, John Forslund, Eddie Olchek. Forslund, of course, was our first guest right here on the Announcer Schedules podcast. You can go back to our, uh, our archives and check that out. He was on the call for that game. And then Saturday, we got McDonough, Ferraro, Emily Kaplan. That's that ESPN ABC team. Uh, the Flyers and Penguins, 3.30 Saturday. Bob Wischusen, who has also been on this very podcast. Go back to our archives and check him out. Brian Boucher, former Flyer, and uh, Leah Hextall. Uh, who has Flyers ties as well. Uh, Sunday doubleheader, TNT, Brandon Burke, Darren Pang, and Nabil Karim are doing the Bruins and Red Wings. And then Kenny Albert, Eddie Olchek, and Keith Jones, another former Flyer, by the way, Keith Jones, Rangers, Penguins. you got a lot of former Philly people in the media. Did you ever notice that? Yeah, a lot of former Philly people, you know. By the same token, I, I can point out a lot of former Miami people <laughs> a, as well, Mike. But, but yeah, uh, all kidding aside, you know, it was interesting that um, – Canucks Ducks game last night you mentioned Forslund and Eddie Olchik you know one of the Twitter followers pointed out that uh, this was the first time TNT had used a a two-person crew as far as the announcing goes and I I, my understanding is Forslund was up in the booth Eddie Olchik ice level analyst and you know um, ESPN does that you know quite a bit as well you know with McDonough up in the booth and then you know Ray Ferraro on the ice level and it's kind of just fascinating to me and I don't know if you've pondered this Mike you know as far as the play-by-play person being all by themselves up there in the booth you know they've got the analyst to lean on but the analyst is in a different location so it is you know I'd imagine you know I'm sure they get used to it but it is different than the things we're used to as far as working with somebody side by side to shoulder to shoulder yeah, uh, and, and you know, I I don't know. What do you think? Um, we kind of touched on this a little bit. The way Barstool does a game, very you know, they're very gambling oriented. But do we think t- that the TV executives are finding, trying to find new ways to do broadcasts? 
Yeah, you know, and I don't know if this was a, a a case of a new way to do a broadcast. It might have just been circumstances where personnel-wise they decided that to go this route or what have you with 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 two instead of three. Um, we're we're seeing it all the time, uh, you know, Mike. No doubt, as far as these alternate presentations, these you know secondary broadcasts. I mean. For goodness sakes, Bill Walton's got one now on, on Monday nights with Jason Benetti. Yeah, I'd like you to know, get your take yeah. on that. I, I've seen some mixed reviews on that. Uh, I know if you're a Walton guy, you probably love it. And if you want to watch the game, you're probably not a fan. Uh, but I, I'm imagining that you're enjoying this. Yeah, you know, um, I haven't watched too much other other than clips, you know, because, you know, it does take a little bit of effort to actually, you know, get it all set up and that kind of thing. But, you know... It, you know, if you're a fan of Walton, it's your cup of tea. I mean, you, you certainly can turn the channel if you if you don't like it. So <laughs> I don't see what anyone really. There's no harm. You know, there's no reason to to go on on a on a rant against it. You know, Walton's in uh, Las Vegas right now, calling the the Pac-12 championship. Uh, something else we we posted on the Twitter feed was you know the Pac-12 network had this open, and you you got to see this, uh, Mike. If you if you check out the Twitter feed, we've got it up there. Walton as a uh, orchestra conductor, you know, conducting uh, the the Pac-12 uh, tournament, and uh, he's got a tie dye underneath his, uh, you know, tuxedo jacket and so forth. But you know, he he's a trip, of course, and you know these alternate presentations. You know, the Manning cast is really the only one to, in my opinion, that is really stuck. Uh, the mega cast on. You know, college football national championship, I, I think, is, has been a, a great addition to their coverage. Um, but as far as like what you're saying, like with what Barstool did with that that bowl game and so forth, I don't know how many uh, networks are really ready to, to take that leap all the way quite yet. You know, and maybe these alternate presentations are ways to kind of, you know, test the waters, test the market, see the reaction of people before they they kind of, you know, go in a completely different direction on what, because so many people still expect a, a traditional telecast when they turn on a, a sporting event to watch their favorite team. All right. Uh, championship week, almost in the books this weekend are all the championships. Phil, uh, before we get out of here again, this is episode 39 of the announcer schedules podcast. Make sure you like rate review, subscribe, download the podcast, tell your friends, push it out there. Let them know if you enjoy this type of stuff. So Phil and I uh, will be back um we're, we are well next week we're working on some things i am on vacation next week so hopefully uh we will be able to pump out episode 40 in some capacity uh for you but championship week is here i watched the game the other day st john's and uh, who'd they play butler st john's and butler tim brando and bill rafferty on the call what a classic crew that is but uh we're gonna get out of here this week with the 1984 Big East Championship. This is when the Big East was the Big East. And we just saw Jim Beheim retire. You know, I think that's what happened, Phil. A lot of those Big East teams lost a lot of their luster, obviously, when they started to matriculate to new conferences. Just didn't have this, this new Big East, just not the same as when the Big East was at its height. 
Yeah, I I love the Big East. It, it is my favorite brand of basketball. That that's the time and the you know the brand that I most relate to is that '80s and '90s you know Big East action. You know the the Madison Square Garden environment for the Big East tournament is is unbelievable. If you get the chance, also last word on on sports uh, media podcast that this most recent episode, the one right before ours with that TJ host Rob Stone is a guest on that, and he's the you know, on-site anchor, you know, at MSG for this year's tournament. Well, we dug up this clip of the 1984 tournament, and it is just a classic, you know. And it's got so many sort of threads to what's going on right now with the Bayheim retirement, um, you know, with, with Patrick Ewing at Georgetown. You know, that's probably coming to an end, I would imagine, um, you know. But Ewing as a player, Pearl Washington absolutely went off in this tournament as a freshman in 1984. And then the announcers are absolute classics. Len Berman on the play-by-play, Bill Raftery as the analyst. And then Mike Gorman, who's the longtime voice of the Boston Celtics as a reporter for this one. So just great classic stuff. And uh, hopefully we'll get people that much more fired up as uh, you know we, we've got championship weekend coming up here for all of the college hoops. So we'll take you out with that. Here is the call of the 19th. 19- 1984 Big East Tournament Championship game. Len Berman, Bill Rafferty on the call from Madison Square Garden. With that, for Phil, I'm Mike. Have a great weekend and rest of your week, everybody. This has been Episode 39 of the Announcer Schedules Podcast. Welcome to Madison Square Garden in New York. It is a complete sellout. The last few tickets went this morning for the Big East Final. It's Syracuse and Georgetown. The top two teams in the conference, and that's who should be in a final for a tournament. The best two teams going. Len Berman with Bill Raftery. Welcome to New York once again. And Bill Syracuse with its work cut out for him. They've played Georgetown twice this year, and Georgetown has won easily both times. They've lost substantially the first two ball games, and they're going to play them the same way, which I think is interesting. Jimmy Beheim feels, look, that's our game. No sense changing this late in the year. Well, you have to wonder who the tournament MVP will be. We'll come down to two guys later this evening, and they're both playing in this game tonight. For Georgetown, Patrick Ewing. The Hoyas were awesome last night, shooting 72% as a team. And Ewing, boy, missed one shot, and he was just terrific. Well, a near-flawless ball game. He dominated, dominated the game on both ends of the floor, ran the floor well. The alley-oop we saw in the opening, just beautiful basketball. A very talented young man. Can he and the Hoyas be stopped by the Orangemen? Well, Syracuse will counter with the Pearl. Syracuse is yet to come out for its final warm-up spot. He really turned on the crowd last night. It was the first time this year where he really turned into second gear and played a lot of schoolyard, and the crowd loved it. Well, everybody has a personal high at the Garden. Who was the best performer? The Pearl's evening last night has to rate high on everybody's chart. Good passing, pushing the ball up the floor, breaking any sort of pressure defense. A great overall evening. He was just terrific. I asked him if any of it was planned yesterday. He said, no, it just happened, and he will try to do the same tonight against Georgetown. Now, the third member of our broadcast team throughout this tournament is Mike Gorman. He's standing by over on the other side of the court. Mike? Okay, Lenny, thank you very much. It would appear the first five minutes of this game really are going to tell the story. The crowd is going to be very much in Syracuse's favor, but Georgetown, a couple of weeks ago down at Landover, took them out of the game early with the defense they could never get back in. Five minutes in, if Syracuse is still within a half dozen, we're going to have a heck of a ball game if they get down big, quick. Georgetown just really tough.